Coming up this week on the Course of Life podcast, golf headlines include a surprise weather event in Ireland at the Irish Open and the return of the PGA Tour, plus a little Ryder Cup buzz as well. We're tuned into tennis and redecorating. And this week's guest, Sebastian Pell, he's the youngest guest on the history of the Course of Life podcast. We give you the life update and his college search as well. Plus, we get into my Bucky's pit stop and dining out when we always end with food. All of it brought to you by our friends at Desert Fox Golf. Desert Fox Golf makes the phone caddy, the cigar holder, the swing aid tumbler, and all the accessories and apparel you need to make your golf round more enjoyable on the course. And the best thing that they do for large-scale events is they can put your custom logo, your favorite logo, your team logo, or your corporate logo on all of those great products. So if you're ever playing in an upcoming tournament or event, or you know an event coming up at your home course that could stand to use some Desert Fox gear given out to all the players, hit us up on Instagram and we will give you a cash referral for referencing the event to us in Desert Fox Golf. That's right, cash in your hand, in your pocket, just for recommending events to us. Hit us up on Instagram at COL Podcast. Again, on Instagram at COL Podcast, just send us a quick message about the event and the details. Get us in touch with whoever's running the event and you could have money in your hand just for recommending Desert Fox Golf, a great product and a great brand that's looking to make golf events more fun. So check out everything Desert Fox Golf has to offer, and they could be part of your next event very soon. and welcome to Course of Life. We are proud to be presented by our friends at Desert Fox Golf and the Live Tag app. I'm Michael East Alex. And Alex, they were at uh, one, of the, one of the places we were just at a couple weeks ago, the K-Club for the Irish Open on the DP World Tour because the PGA Tour is a break after the end of the season. So they were at the Arnold Palmer North Course, yep. a beautiful um, Parkland-style course. No links going on there in Ireland for the Irish Open during this past weekend. And uh, this historic course that, of course, had the uh, great 2006 Ryder Cup and, um, of course, Rory McIlroy's fantastic three Yeah, 2016, his Irish Open win there, yep. Yeah, uh, and uh, he was in the hunt for a little bit, so was Shane Lowry. But at the end of the day, after a lightning delay of all things, Vincent Norman claimed the Irish Open. Yeah, a lightning delay, Mike. This, yeah. I found this notable and funny as I flipped it on on Sunday morning for the conclusion because you and I asked candidly our tour guide and our support staff that was there helping us with a trip about inclement weather in Ireland. We saw lots of rain. There was an inclement shower around the corner at any moment of the day, but thunder and lightning, pretty rare over there. So it was surprising to see that there was potentially uh, harder storms in the area and they actually suspended play on the DP World Tour, something you don't see very often, but nonetheless, they did end up getting out there and finishing on Sunday. Yeah, and Vincent Norman carded a 65 on Sunday to take the W. Uh, and and Rory went the opposite direction. He shot a 74 on Sunday. Do we need to be concerned about Rory going into the Ryder Cup? Yeah, I mean, there was that kind of phantom injury where he hurt himself going into the tour championship as well, mm-hmm. too. And we're all kind of wondering how that's going to affect him. He looked kind of pedestrian, I would say, by his accounts. He threw himself on the first page briefly on Sunday at the leaderboard, but was never really truly in it. Shane Lowry, like you mentioned, was also close. So, yeah, there is a little bit of pause around Rory. This was supposed to be that final test. That's going to be the theme kind of this week and next week is the final spots for these U.S. and Europe Ryder Cuppers to get their game 
ready before they all head to Italy. And yeah, there's definitely some questions surrounding Rory. He was the overwhelming favorite coming into the week and, and just didn't quite have the A game at the K Club. And Mike, again, this this K Club, we went on and on about the rough on this course. The, oh, the yeah. players just absolutely devoured the course. What 14 under one of the tournament. What what rough? It, it didn't mean a thing to them. Again, it goes to show that we have zero talent whatsoever once we hit the links. And, uh, <laughs> we got out there being like, this is this is like a U.S. Open out here. <laughs> I don't know how the pros are going to get it around here. And I wake up Thursday morning and there's five guys that shot six under par. I'm like, well, screw us. We, that, yeah. That's how good these guys are out there. We just obviously need to go play an actual U.S. Open course <laughs> yes. with U.S. Open conditions. And then we can compare it to, to what's going on at the K-Club and then we can say for sure. So basically what we're saying is that, you know, they, you could, everyone out there who who runs like you know Pebble Beach and uh, and uh, you know Pine Pinehurst, Shinnecock, all those other I'll Shinnecock, take Bethpage Black too. Bethpage Black, which I don't know why we didn't go play when we were at Quinnipiac. We could have gone down there and played Bethpage Black, but we didn't. Uh, if you all want to have us out there so we can talk about your course, uh, reach out to us. You're I'll do. I'll gladly do a video and play any course and let the whole world see how bad I am. And, and yeah. the K Club definitely exposed oh. us, but not so yeah. much those pros, Mike. They they had a, a whale of a week there, and uh, the rain, thunder, and lightning be damned. They got it in on Sunday, so it was good to see the finish. So the Ryder Cup is just like two and a half weeks away, yep. uh, and uh, teams are set. Of course, we talked a little bit about that last week. You were saying you're thinking Team US. I'm thinking Team Europe. Um, so we'll see what happens. Of course, we got the Fortnite Championship coming up uh, this weekend. We'll talk about that in a second, uh, and we'll see how these guys continue to kind of tune up in advance of the Ryder Cup. Yeah, it's an interesting spot because, you know, we're in that fall spot where the schedule gets quiet. These world-class players kind of still want to stay on form. So you're seeing something like a Justin Thomas playing this week in Napa to kind of get himself in form alongside the captain, Zach Johnson, and Max Homa going for the 3 P. But then you also see a bunch of European players that have already gotten to Italy, but they're going to head over to the BMW next week as a team, all play there at Wentworth, maybe figure out their pairings in the practice rounds. It's kind of different philosophies at hand right here you've already seen it's funny you saw kepka and a few of the u.s players over in italy they got some early reps there uh, but the rest of the team hasn't joined them so it's going to be an interesting couple weeks of calendar to see kind of where everyone shuffles and how they eventually get to italy let's also remind everyone that uh, up on our youtube channel we got a uh, great video been around at Roslair lair links uh, down there in the southeast tip of ireland uh, you can see how windy it was if you check out our instagram you can see the two-part reel of the 18th hole, finishing up our match play. Mm, the dramatic there, conclusion, yes. It was pretty dramatic. Uh, and yet, at the same time, anticlimactic. So I'll just say that and let everyone else go and check us out there to see those videos. Uh, and I think you got a video coming out this week recapping your 36 for 36. Yep. I tried. I'm going to, I'm going to tease everyone. I tried 36 for 36. It didn't work out, but something else great happened. Anyway, so there, there's mm. the tease for this week's video on our YouTube. Again, subscribe to YouTube, Course of Life Podcast. We're putting out videos weekly, and there's a whole lot coming up, Mike. I mean, the audience already heard about my PBR trip. That's coming up in the, in the visit, so you're going to get to see the bull riding up close. Uh, we'll get into some football a little later as well, but lots coming on the YouTube channel, and you can also listen to our full-length podcast there as well, too. All right, let's talk about the Fortinet Championship coming up at Silverado in Napa Valley. Max Holma. Is he going to 3 P? 
like, yeah, the three-peat narrative, it returns. Yep. I, have I been saying this a lot, or am I just going crazy right now? The, uh, I think this year there have been a lot of three-peat opportunities, and yet no one has been able to take No one had. That's been the theme, is no yeah. one has. So listen, everyone out there, making your picks. Max Holm was the going-away favorite. Everyone loves Max Homa. Max Holm is a great human being. Unfortunately, mm. history tells us that he's not going to three-peat. So I think plan accordingly with your picks, and that's what you're going to see in my runyourpool.com article, is you got to look in a different direction, unfortunately. Obviously, the big headline outside of Max Homa is what I teased earlier, Mike, and it's this little kind of mini prep. I feel like this is a little mini therapy session going on. We got Justin Thomas out there as we speak, playing practice rounds, probably with Homa and Captain Zach Johnson, who's also mm-hmm. in the field. So this is kind of that moment where we're going we're gonna to figure out if Justin Thomas has something or some semblance of a game and is ready to bring that to the Ryder Cup stage. This is his final chance to figure it out this week. Well, here's a question for you. I got two different ones. First one is about Justin Thomas. Who has a better odds of doing this thing? Justin Thomas making the cut or Max Homa three-peating? I'm going to go with Justin Thomas making the cut. Pretty weak field, soft course where he'll have a lot of fairways and greens in his pocket and birdie opportunities. This is kind of more about finding his swing form and and a comfortable driver swing to get him off the tees because those tee balls are so crucial in Ryder Cup matches. So I'd go with Justin Thomas in that head-to-head. Again, it's 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 nothing personal. Love Max Homa, but just from a business perspective, going to have to bet away from the three-peat this week. So check out, again, my Run Your Pool article, runyourpool.com for that full preview as well. My one last question for you is that Tyler Montgomery, is he going to get the W? Oh, yeah. Third place last year. That's right here. Honestly, let's be honest. Ted Taylor would call a spade a spade too right now. He cooled mm-hmm. off a little bit in mid-2023 after that super hot start. Hey, so maybe this is the exact moment where you can pick up the heater because this is where it started at this time last year. So best of luck to Taylor and Dylan Wu also in the field this week at Silverado. Let's also remind everyone it's the new 2024 season in the new FedEx Cup fall. It so is, yes. <laughs> it's weird. They like they've got yeah. the 2024 calendar, and we're like now going to be going by the calendar season starting next year. Yeah. But we're still not completely getting rid of these events, and no one really knows what's going on. All I know is that we are well, teeing it up in the PGA Tour, and it counts for something. So we're here for it. Let me tell you what happens. We're going to run it down real fast because it's just it's Thank a you. new it's a new crazy PGA Tour world. Top 125 of the FedEx Cup standings after the RSM Classic coming up okay. in a few weeks retain their cards. And get a spot in the players. Winners in the FedEx Cup fall. So if you win the fall, an event in the fall, you get into the century and the signature event that opens the 2024 season, which is the signature event that opens the 2024 season. Plus numbers 51 through 16, the FedEx Cup standings after the RSM get into the two signature events following the century. Nice. So they dangled some carrots appropriately there for, yeah. for otherwise meaningless golf for, for a lot of the world's best players. Um, so that'll be exciting to see who gets those spots, who nabs those fall wins to get themselves into the players and, and probably a, mi- a million more terms to come. And it all starts, like I said, this weekend, uh, wine country. Mike, It's we're focusing on fairways and greens this week, not reds and whites. Okay. Okay. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> all I know is I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's switch over to Tuned In, where we share what we're tuning into outside of the world of sports. You know, for the last couple months, Alex, uh, my wife and I have been uh, redecorating our dining room. Exciting times. Wow, the redecoration. What's it it looking like these days? Well, it was one of the first rooms that we decorated. And we we, honestly, we did it and we really liked what we did. We had this kind of 
pale green color up on one of the walls. We had this circle bookcase uh, in there that we've had forever that we like with some art up on the walls. We had this dining room table that was a hand-me-down. It was, it was from it was from my wife's parents. It was something that had been in their family forever, and it did not mesh with our of aesthetic course everyone's been there. We're kind of mid-century modern, industrial, eclectic kind of look going on. So we finally got ourselves a new dining room table and chairs. We repainted that pale green to this super dark green, like almost black. If you didn't know what you were looking at. We got these two really nice bookcases to get up on one of the wall next to the window so we could kind of spread everything out and get more stuff out. We reoriented our table and we got this nice, just came in this weekend and we put it in this uh, really nice brass starburst light fixture to go over the table. So it's much more kind of mid-century modern, a little more grown up looking through the space as well. Mm, okay. Um, and it's we looked at it and we're like, wow. Why did we think what we had before was any good? <laughs> so the million dollar question, which sounds easy to answer, is, is is the reward of the new look worth the effort? Was it worth it? Yes, I think so. And that that's the lesson to all those people out there, because I, for one, I'm over in that prehistoric camp where we've still got the hand-me-downs. Yeah. We're operating with an $80 black Ikea dining room table. We've got yeah. a hand-me-down couch, another free one from a friend. It's a hodgepodge of furniture in here. We love our home, but it's not decorated the way, the way we, we want. So so maybe this is a little bit of a wake-up call for me to, to get on a new room de- redecoration as well. You know, if, if you have the, the money to do it, I say to do it, because it does make your space feel more personal, more your own, uh, more adult, I guess you could say as well to it. So we've, we've really gotten rid of most of the hand-me-downs we had throughout the house at this point. And it just feels so much more cozy and like our, it's ours now. It's not. You are so mature. Oh my God. Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Awesome. Good redecoration indeed. Um, mine obviously adjacent to sports, but definitely outside of our golf bubble, um, had to lock in on some U S open tennis. Cause I was absolutely yeah. transfixed by Coco golf. It was a fantastic thing to see the 19 year old breakthrough, get the first major championship title. Um, youngest winner since Serena did it kind of a little bit of a full circle moment. You wonder if she's starting to follow in the, in the great footsteps of Serena Williams and, and very cool to see her. You know, she's been around for a bit now, kind of one of those things where we see these LPGA pros that have been around for a bit, but they've been at it since they're so young. Uh, so cool to see Coco finally get over the hump and get that major. Yeah. What I will say though, is let's, let's, you know, like we do in golf, we need to stop the comparisons to the goats because they get one win. (laughs) You know, I I can never help myself in that moment. (laughs) I know none of us can. Um, but you know, still, still fantastic to see her, her finally break through and get that major victory. And and of course, Djokovic won the men's side again. Shocker. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) speaking of goats, he's up to, I think, 24, 25 majors. Tennis fans will kill me for that number. I mean, that's when it's at a ridiculous number where even a a pretty glued in sports fan starts to lose count. That's when you know it's an absurd amount of majors. You know, they're not the 27 championships that the Yankees have yet, but uh, he's getting close. I can't wait for him to pass you guys. God, that'll be amazing. (laughs) <laughs> don't worry you can you can ream on new york a little later in the podcast I'll i will we'll save we'll save some time for that yeah yeah well we'll plenty of time uh but for now let's uh, go ahead and get into this week's guest well, a few years ago uh back in arguably the infancy of this podcast it was 2020 it was mid-covid yeah. yeah wow damn uh there was there was this kid 
who went viral when he was swinging his club on the golf course and the club got stuck in the ground. His hands just went, kept going. Hilarious. It was fantastic. We got that kid on the podcast super fast. Got to learn about a lot about him. He was playing uh, in tournaments then too. He's a little older now. He's playing even better and he's back on the podcast. Very well said, Mike. Sebastian Pell back on the show. And and do you remember that our fans came together and we actually got Sebastian a trophy because he was That's not right. receiving any trophies that year because of COVID. They weren't doing any award ceremonies as tournaments. Yeah, I remember that. So we came through for him. We talked a little bit about that, everything that's going on with his golf game. And if you check him out on Instagram, you'll know that this kid's the real deal. Uh, so it was interesting to get that perspective of a high schooler who's got kind of everything in front of him, Mike. Remember, remember what that was like? Gosh, oh, oof, man. man. <laughs> like, really day. cool to connect with Sebastian <laughs> in this conversation as well. We'll get to that conversation with Sebastian Pell in just a moment. But first, let's talk to you about our friends at Live Take. This is where sports debates are solved once and for all on your phone. It's all in the Live Take app. It's where you can challenge people uh, to uh, what we do every week, which is a Live Take, where we sit down for five minutes and we talk to each other through our phones and record it so that you all can listen in and tell us what you think about whatever we're talking about. This particular week, Alex, it was about uh, who would have a better record, the Giants or the Patriots. Both have worse rec- the worst – they're tied for worst record right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. That could go on for a long time as well too. I mean we're just back in the middle of the pile and, and we'll talk more about the atrocity of that in a bit. But the takes are fun. You and I are rival sports fans. We're also rival golf fans. So we get into golf takes. We get into sports takes. It's all on the app. You can follow us along at – People actually taking to our takes, pun intended there, and and we're getting a nice little audience there. So it's been fun to interact with everyone on the app, and it's cool to see what everyone else is chattering about on the web as well, too. That's right. You can follow us on the Live Take app. I'm COL Podcast. Michael, he's COL Podcast. Alex, we also drop these little hot takes as well that you can vote on and tell us what you think is right or wrong there. You can challenge us on there as well. So head on over to your app store and download the Live Take app today and let your take be heard. Next up on the tee, we have a return guest who is our youngest guest in the history of the course of life. He went viral a few years ago as a junior golfer, and now he's playing in high school events and just starting out the college process now. It's our buddy Sebastian Pell joining us on the course of life. Sebastian, how you doing? I'm good, you? Good, good. It's great to hear from you. The last time we connected was a few years ago in 2020. Uh, it was a lot more of a bleak world where could, no one could do anything. You weren't even getting trophies at the end of tournaments. Um, yeah. But re- recap uh, the original reason why we connected a few, a few years ago for those of you who don't know you. Yeah, well, I was out playing around with one of my good buddies and uh, it was very hot out. So we, I, and it was, it rained the night before. So the course was very wet and, uh, Club slipped out of my hand and stuck right in the ground. It did, yeah. It was a, a duff shot for the ages, and the video of your club literally getting stuck in the ground. You, you walked away from it, and it was still stuck in the ground. Got attention from Phil Mickelson, Bryson, the world of golf, pretty much. Now that we're like three years removed from it, I know a lot's changed for you. When you look back at it, what are your, what are your kind of fun, funniest memories of that whole time? Man, I, I mean, it was crazy that people I met and talked to throughout the whole time of it going viral was unreal. Like Garrett Clark, that was probably the most surprising. Yeah, that's right. He's the good, good guy, correct? Yep. Yep. That's crazy. Also like 
started me posting stuff on social media. Since then, I've posted a lot more and grown my accounts. Definitely, yes. Let's talk about that. It's at Sebastian Pell Golf on Instagram. He's also on TikTok as well, too. Yeah. But uh, tell everyone a little bit about the the your favorite content you like poking at, posting. I know when we spoke, you said you wish you could get some more kind of cool shots and hole outs and what and not on camera. But how's the uh, golf content game going for you since yeah. we last spoke? Actually, since then, like I've really kind of stuck to that and done trick shots of like hole outs and stuff like that. I've stuck to like that idea. There was one where that where you spun a shot back. Was yeah. that from the rough or the bunker? Green that side. That was from the bunker. That was from the bunker. Yep. <laughs> really cool. And there's a lot of cool clips like that. And it's neat to see. Obviously, Sebastian at 16 crushing it right now with his golf content. Um, have you ever had anything close to the stuck club happen? I know your game's gotten better, so you're probably not trying to have that happen again. But has anything random like that happened on the golf course recently at all? No, I haven't had uh, anything like that, but I have had club a club fly out of my hands in the rain. <laughs> in the I actually had that. It's funny you mentioned that. I had that happen to me in Ireland. We weren't filming though, but it was a par three and it was pouring rain and the wedge just oh. slipped right out of my hands and it flew like 30 yards just on a straight line. Oh boy. Uh, when the club left your hands, uh, what club was it and how far did it go? That was a seven iron. It probably went a good... 30 yards. <laughs> it's amazing how far and sometimes straight the clubs can go when, when they slip out of your hands like that. Yeah. Uh, but funny stuff nonetheless. Again, Sebastian Pell Golf on Instagram. Let's talk about what you're up to now. Um, tell me a little bit about the, the junior golf process for you right now. And um, I know you're just entering uh, golf season, which is in the fall for us in New England, where you are in Vermont. Uh, but how was the summer of terms for you? Yeah, summer was good. I started off pretty slow, but Started to pick up the pace then towards the end, competing just mainly around here in New England, now getting into high school. Um, I'm curious. I saw a putt to win. What tournament was that this summer? That was our uh, club championship, men's club championship. Nice work, man. Congrats on the win. Was that at Rutland Country Club, the course we talked about before? It was, yes. Nice, nice. So tell me a little bit about school golf now. It's in the fall, like we mentioned. Um, I know you're a big endorser of Vermont golf. So what, for everyone who doesn't know what it's like up there, tell everyone what Vermont golf can be like in the fall. Vermont golf in the fall. It can be anything from randomly 80 degrees and sunny to the next day being 40 degrees and pouring rain. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of adversity. But hey, at least you get to practice in all the different conditions, right? Yeah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the one other thing I wanted to ask about, I know it was a while back for you, but you got to go to the IMG Academy, which I feel like a lot of people in golf, they hear about, but they never actually get to see it. Um, but tell me a little bit about that experience. How, how did that come about, first of all? Yeah, it was great. I mean, I did some like research on them and talked to people through social media and ended up there. And it was it was a great experience. Learned a lot. Really good players. How long, how long were you there for? I was there for just over a week. Very cool. Tell me about the different players that you saw there and, and what the competition level was like. They are very competitive. There's some people that are not as advanced, like still good players, but like probably around 10 or 8 handicaps to guess. But then there's some just best in the nation kind of athletes that are really fun to watch there. Very cool. Yeah, I'm curious. What's a, what's a day like? Walk us through like what a day is like at an academy like that. How much how much golf and how much practice? What, is, what does the schedule look like for you? Yeah. So what I did when I was there is they would we would have the plan of waking up at like six. So we'd wake up around then, have a big breakfast, 
go to the gym. Then we'd practice around like greens and stuff. Then we would go eat lunch, have like an hour break to just relax. Then we'd go back to the uh, like a recovery room, I guess. Talk about what our plan and like what we were doing, nutrition stuff. And then we'd go either play or hit on the range, stuff like that. Sebastian, I'm curious. Tell me a little bit about learning about nutrition as it pertains to your golf game. That's something I think a lot of people learn way later in life, but you're learning it now. Yeah. So, like down at IMG, especially, they taught us very well because, you know, the heat and having to deal with that and not being nutritioned very well is yeah. not, not a help. You got the word right. Yep. Yeah. You got to. <laughs> Stay hydrated, but the proper way, you know, drinking the right things, eating the right amount, but not just the right amount, the right stuff. And they helped, you know, tell us exactly what is the best things to help us get through that hot day in Florida and any hot tournament day around. I'm curious, what's something that you maybe changed or something that you ate a lot of that you maybe eat a little bit less of or, or something that you hadn't had before that you now eat yeah. on the golf course to help? So the biggest difference actually with me was I never was big at eating breakfast. I like just couldn't, couldn't do it, but I had to make the change and kind of force it down. But now I'm better at it. That's like, that's a very big step on having a successful day and staying hundred percent on the course. It is. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big thing that golfers forget about too. Cause you think you can just kind of have a normal day and skip breakfast and get to lunch, but you need so much energy to play. So yeah, it is the most important meal of the day for a reason. Um, yep. Sebastian, let's get into a little bit about what, what it looks like for you now here. Tell us a little bit about what the fall golf season is like. I had a similar one when I grew up in Massachusetts. It's, it's pretty short, um, but what, what's the format and what type of matches do you play in the fall? Yeah, so majority we have these, a bunch of like a series of nine hole events that we have kind of after school against schools around because daylight gets cut short up here. and. Uh, Sometimes we do have a few 18-hole events throughout the uh, season leading up to the state championship, and we take we do take the full day of school off when that happens. Nice. That's always a good. That was a good goal of mine in high school. Is if, if you're playing well enough to where your teachers will give you a day off to go play in a tournament, that means you're you're playing pretty well, I guess, right? Yep, that's right. <laughs> um, so you're entering your junior year now. Um, what's the forecast for the, for the team, your high school team specifically, as it pertains to, you know, your conference, your States and things like that? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, that's something that we I was just talking about a few minutes ago. Um, in the past, actually, uh, my high school team hasn't been great. Like freshman year, I kind of had to play individually sophomore year, kind of similar, but now we've, we've got a really good team this year and, uh, hopefully we can make a run at the state title. Yeah, I know. I know you like obviously playing the tournaments yourself, but it is a lot more special when you get the whole team there. You know what I mean? Yeah, so a lot more fun. You can do that this fall. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I know we're a little early on it, but I, I'm curious: have Have you done much thinking at all into what maybe life after high school looks like? Are you looking at college? Uh, you know, what do you think? Do you think you want to include golf? What's going through your mind right now? Yeah, I would love to. I, I do see golf in my future. That's one of my biggest goals right now. I would love to uh, go D1, play college golf somewhere. And so now what's that What's that going to take for you in terms of you know your game and, and events to, to get the attention of coaches and things like that? Um, I'm going through the process of like contacting and getting close with a bunch of coaches right now, but I'm going to eventually you know, have to play very good in multiple day tournaments like 
U.S. Challenge Cup, AJGA, those kind of events. I need to go low in those, place high on leaderboards, just get offers, and yeah, that's really how it is. It's the name of the game, yeah. And yep. uh, it'll be nice for you to – I guess you're probably thinking you maybe want to go a little bit further south than Vermont for college, right? Yeah, true. That's, that's a good <laughs> thing, yeah. Yeah, as you know, I'm I'm living down in Texas now, and I I definitely don't miss the cold winters there in, in New England. So it'll be nice to get away with that. So you can you can finally golf year round, like I know you want to. Yep, love it. Again, it's Sebastian Pell joining us, original uh, guest on our podcast a few years ago. Growing up now, a junior in high school. Let's get to some quick shots here, Sebastian. Uh, I, if you remember a few years ago. We felt real bad, and our listeners did, that you weren't getting trophies during the COVID year for your junior tournament. So we sent you an honorary trophy. I want to know, I'm sure you probably still have it, but it's got to be hiding behind a bunch of other trophies by now, right? <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. I have it up on the uh, this trophy shelf I've got. Nice. Um, how, many, how many tournament trophies do you think you got up there on the, on the, on the shelf right now? With? You had to guess. Including yours? All of them, yep. Um, I'd say maybe 25 trophies and probably like 10 medals. Love it. Awesome. All right, let's get to a current events golf question. I know you're a big JT. You're a big Spieth fan. You love Justin Thomas and Spieth. How do you think they're going to do at the Ryder Cup in a few weeks here, Sebastian? There's a lot of question about them because they were captain's picks at the last second. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot expected out of Justin Thomas. And, uh, but you know, he's, that format fits him well. He's good under pressure, I feel like. And, uh, I think, I think they'll do good. I think they'll pull it off. Yeah. They're definitely trying to get, get a repeat of that Ryder cup two years ago when they crushed it. So yep. hopefully the same, same team does that. So you were a, a 6.6 handicap in 2020 when we last talked, where, where are you at now? I'm a plus 0.12, uh, plus 1.2, sorry, plus 1.2. Wow. Okay. Exciting stuff. What, what's your lowest 18-hole score ever? My lowest 18-hole score in a tournament was 66, 400. Nice. Well, what's the best memory from that day shooting 66? Um, Probably eating after with everyone. Celebration after the great round? Yeah, that was that was a great, a great memory of that. Always. Um, so that, that's a perfect segue um, because, you know, we like to do our 19th hole answer. I'm curious, do you remember when I asked you what's your favorite 19th hole meal to eat at in the clubhouse after the round? Do you remember what you said a few years ago? No, I have no idea. <laughs> you said a cheeseburger with ketchup and a sweet tea. So so has that changed or is that still the same? So I would probably go now with uh, uh, chicken and cheese quesadilla, but spicy chicken. There you go. Ever had a, you had a buffalo chicken quesadilla before? Yep, those are great too. I'd have, I have that all the time. I like rotate. Those are the best. Ranch or blue cheese? What's your preference? Ranch all day. Nice. Good stuff. Sebastian, thanks for joining again. Excited to follow along. Excited to see how the college process goes and, and be sure to keep everyone updated on everything, okay? Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Look forward to the next time. Great chat there with Sebastian Pell looking at different colleges. You know, I, I understand getting out of New England and trying to go to someplace warm, one of these good D1 golf schools. The question is I have for you, Alex, do we think we're going to see Sebastian on the PGA Tour? I love that. I love that take. And if so, I mean, we're as early on the bandwagon as anyone could yep. possibly be, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, the, we're the biggest Sebastian Pell fans there are right now.
it would be exciting to see him attain that goal of going D1. But no matter what school he picks, I know he's going to have a great time and a great experience. Uh, and, and I'd say kind of the modern day resume, Mike, if you can't get like good recruiting tape of your game, is to just have a badass social media presence. And and Sebastian does that and posts a lot of cool clips of his highlights and his best shots and his tournament victories. So again, that's Sebastian Pell Golf if you want to follow along uh, with his journey. Follow along with more of our journey on Instagram at COL Podcast as well. Like I said, we're putting YouTube videos up weekly, um, Course of Life podcast there. Uh, And be sure to like and subscribe if you haven't already and enjoyed conversations like that one as well. All right, let's talk college football. Let's start with college football okay, here. Right. Uh, and before we get to your picks, let's just go ahead and say Coach Prime in Colorado, 2-0. and Are they going all the way to the national championship game? This is so fun, man. I'm, <laughs> I am loving this storyline. And this is just great for anyone because like anyone can just pop in and enjoy this storyline. Coach Prime... You, you may know him as Deion Sanders in a past life, you know, yeah. happened to play a little football and baseball just casually, you know, yeah, played, played in an NFL game in a World Series in the same day. You can look him up if you want. Uh, and he's coached now in, in Colorado. He's brought all of his Louis luggage and his high end recruits from Jackson State with him. They have been absolutely balling out the first two weeks. They're 2-0. and Watch out for them, Mike. National championship? Okay, you might be stretching it a little too far. However maybe put themselves in the conversation for the college football playoff. I mean, this is like a real life Ted Lasso story here in college football. Everyone loves hearing Dion talk and he's the best preacher in the game right now. So it's fun to see them win. All right. So who is a better chance of making the college football playoffs, Colorado or Alabama? Oh, good question. I, they're not. They're not actually too far off after what we yeah. saw on Saturday night. <laughs> it, funny you mention that. Yeah. Uh, I gotta go hook them horns. I don't say it very often, but I gotta represent my Austin, Texas hometown here because the horns delivered a landmark win. I, I've joked about it for years, Mike. The moment I got here, I cursed Texas football. They've yeah. been horrible ever since I moved here. This is probably the biggest win in their program history in a decade. I would contend downing Alabama on the road. So. Honestly, I think it's pretty 50 50. I think Colorado and Alabama, they could find themselves right next to each other in the rankings in a, in a couple of weeks oh, as things continue. <laughs> and Texas currently sitting at number four in the country right now. Crazy times. Crazy. Crazy indeed. Your picks for the week went four and four overall for week two. We're still we're we're, we're kind of overall we're we're flat now in the season, right? Pretty yeah, much. we are. We're pretty much dead even right now in the season. Uh, at Twitter and Threads for the picks and the record every Thursday, Friday, Saturday when games are happening. It's C O L podcast um, and C and Course of Life Alex on Threads, Course of Life One on Twitter for those picks. And then uh, another video, like I mentioned, upcoming for this past weekend. I went to my friends at UTSA, checked out the Roadrunners, got down to San Antonio, and we have a really cool video coming in a couple weeks uh, for my visit, Mike. You know what? You know I did the move where I got down in the tunnel when the team ran out. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. my favorite move when I go to UTSA. So bringing people a very unique perspective to college football that'll be coming soon to our YouTube as well. All right, let's talk about the NFL because the season is now in full swing. Uh, yeah, you want Detroit, the floor here or you want me to go no, first? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to procrastinate before we get to this. Uh, let me. I do want to talk about how the Detroit Lions. Okay, shout out the Lions, yeah. Beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Is that more surprising or is the Browns demolishing the Bengals more surprising? Mm. I'm going to say the Lions beating the Chiefs is more surprising. And I'm also mm-hmm. going to drop an Easter egg and let you know that I like the Lions this week again. I, I'm going to semi-ride this Lions hysteria 
for a bit. I don't think it's 100% for real, but for right now, I'm going to be the fakest, biggest Lions fan you met. So I like the Lions again this week to go 2 0, actually. Okay. There you go. Uh, let's talk about your Patriots. They played the Eagles. How'd that go? They did. We spotted them 16 points in the first quarter, which you're not supposed to do in the NFL. Apparently, you're mm. supposed to keep the score as close as possible throughout the game and not give an NFC champion a head start like that. Uh, they mercifully launched a comeback and then lost in the end. It's the same old, same old that I've been talking about for this Patriots team a couple of years ago, the last couple of years. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, looked good in spots. Not good when they needed to. I'm just glad, Mike, that we didn't get absolutely housed and embarrassed by the Eagles on Tom Brady Day. That, that was that was what yeah. I was most thankful for. Yeah, that's true. I will say you said you're not supposed to start the first half at 16 nothing, but the Giants went ahead and started it at 26 to nothing in this utter embarrassment of a game <laughs> yeah. against the Cowboys. So, you know, uh one game not maketh the season. Oh, okay. <laughs> but but my question is. Uh, which quarterback is less the franchise quarterback? Mm. The Giants or the Patriots? Which Jones do you want to get <laughs> which, rid of? Which Jones is worse right now? Right now, Daniel Jones off of that yeah. one week alone. I mean, Mike, 40 to nothing. I mean, listen, I mean, I mean like they couldn't even get a mercy two, touchdown two, at the end there. <laughs> two interceptions and and what? He was sacked seven times. This What did I say on our live take? Improved offensive line. What a joke. Yeah, it's like it's that thing. It's like, would you rather be helpless in Daniel Jones' scenario on Sunday night, or would you rather be helpful but then get teased and disappointed in the end, which is what you get with Mac Jones? So neither one seems to be a great answer, and, and you and I get to struggle through it for another 17 weeks. That's the best part. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it's, a wrap uh, on the NFL right there. Yeah, thank Let's move on. Let's hashtag always end with food. All right, our food segment to end every uh, Course of Life podcast. Always end with food on Instagram if you want to follow along. I mentioned the UTSA stop I did in San Antonio, Mike. So whenever you're on the highways in Central Texas, especially when I'm coming back from San Antonio, you know that means I'm doing a stop at everyone's favorite gas station pit stop, Bucky's. Yep. Uh, the Bucky's pit stop was quick to the point. I've got that place mapped out now. I know where everything is. I don't have a step um, in the wrong direction. Uh, I got the new peanut butter trail mix. I got myself a wonderful banana and chocolate dessert uh, bag as well, too. But the highlight, the unlikely highlight, the cheesesteak burrito at my, at Bucky's to mm. die for. Unbelievably mm. done. White cheese, fajita beef, wonderful sauce, peppers and onions. You would not expect a gas station burrito to be this great, but it was. So another fantastic Bucky's trip in the books. There you go. Maybe, maybe we can hit a Bucky's uh, in a month and a half when we're. Are, are, how again. close are they to your hood? Are they are they down there? Well, there's one south of where we're going to be going. Oh, okay, Florida we're too. We're hitting Florida that. as well. Yeah, we're just so. teasing that a little bit. So there okay. is going to be one eventually on the way to where we're going Noted. in a month and a half. Okay, all right. Everyone listening cards, is it's like, what are these guys talking about right now? Yeah, we'll see. Soon enough. Uh, this past weekend, uh, we had some family in town. It was move-in weekend at a SCAD. Mm, yep. They had a College of Art and Design. Of course, we have a member of the family going there, so we went out to dinner a couple times. Went to a place we have not gone to yet here in the city called Ardsley Station. Sounds fancy. Um, it's uh, they were They were not cheap. I will say that. They were not cheap, but they were uh, quite good. They're built into an old gas station. Uh, they got some really nice looking small plates and burgers and uh, entrees and everything. And uh, 
got got a burger there, which might be one of the best burgers I've had in Savannah. Wow, what made it so good? I'm curious. Uh, the beef was like fall apart, melting as soon as you like took a bite out of it. It just kind of had great beef flavor and everything, and it had a bacon jam on it, and uh, that always hits. It's just, I mean, it was, it was just, it was fantastic. It was Sounds very, great. very good. Fun. And then we followed it up by going to a new gelato place. Of course, last week, I think I talked about, we went to Doki Doki. There's another new ice cream gelato place now here too called Honeysuckle. They were also good. I'll be honest, Doki Doki was better, but Honeysuckle was still very good. All right, let's do a mini gelato draft. Here we go. Three mm-hmm. picks, what, what, one pick each round. Um, I'll let you have the first pick. What's your favorite gelato flavor? I, you you got to go some sort of like chocolate hazelnut sort of thing, like whether it's Nutella or Ferrero Rocher. I think that in a gelato just hits right. Yeah, I'm going to take the mint chocolate iteration off the board. Mint chip, mm. mint chocolate, something like that. Then what, what would you do for picks number two and three there? What do you got? Uh, pick two. You know, I'm not a huge fan of this flavor, but I know it does well in a gelato. And that's something uh, my wife really likes. And that's going to be a pistachio flavor mm, gelato. That is a good flavor, yes. Well. And I'll, you want me to give you pick three right yeah, now? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go a little, little off the board here, uh, a little crazy tiramisu. Oh wow, great picks! You win this mini draft already. I would just take some fruit flavors off the board and go with like yeah. the the key lime or some sort of lime iteration. And then I love a good mango gelato. I absolutely mm-hmm. go nuts for that. It's my favorite fruit, favorite dessert. Uh, so yeah, good stop. Burger and gelato, it is. Again, that was hashtag always end with food. And another wrap on a great course of life podcast episode from Michael. I'm Alex. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next week.